Hi, everyone. I'm Sybil Wilkes, and welcome to our podcast, No Diabetes by Heart. I am so happy uh, to talk to you today and even happier with uh, the addition of one of my partners in crime. Uh, you know him as Chris Paul from the Tom Dorner Morning Show, as well as all of his other broadcast endeavors. And Chris Paul, it's so great to have you and to see you uh, and, and to uh, have you join us in this discussion. How are you doing? I'm doing great. And I'm excited about being here because, I mean, I get to spend my life making people laugh. So when I get the opportunity to try and help somebody by sharing my own personal stories, then I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm, it's great being here with you, Sybil. Well, we are talking about no diabetes by heart and uh, facts are facts, as they like to say at the American Heart Association. Uh, numbers are numbers and uh, we are going to talk facts. We're going to talk numbers uh, and we're going to talk with people who are affected by diabetes. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by the American Heart Association in partnership with the American Diabetes Association as well. And Chris Paul, uh, you, uh, if I may say so, are a man who is affected by this. You, you live with this every day? Type 2 diabetes. I've had it for, I don't know, over 15 years now. But And I'm one of the people who really needs to be paying attention right now. Sybil, I'm one of the people who you think something's wrong with you because you know you're not the healthiest, but you don't want to know. Mm -hmm. So I just, I never went and got regular checkups. I didn't do it. It's, I just, I'm that person who just doesn't want to know if the doctor doesn't tell me something's wrong, <laughs> right? Then nothing's wrong. Right. Right. Everything is cool. But then finally my wife kept urging, she kept urging me and I went to the doctor and sure enough, my doctor said, something's wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You have type two diabetes and we've got to address it. And, but I mean, thankfully from the moment I was diagnosed, I was very serious about my medication. Like I take my medication every day. I mean, I know of people who have type two diabetes and they're not as faithful with their medication. Like it's, it's not a priority for me. For me, it is a priority. And even being a priority, it still led to me, what, three years ago, having a stroke. Yeah. Yeah. You, you just know? had an anniversary, right. as it were. Right. The dangers are out there. You know, it's, I'm not just some guy on the on the corner barking at you, trying to scare you. I'm telling you, it's real. It's and, real. And the connection uh, between your diabetes and, and, and all of your other issues that leading to a stroke, those those connections are real as well. Did you recognize that uh, as you were diagnosed or, or is it something you came to recognize even before your stroke? Well, what, I mean, I, I still, even though I knew I was, I had type two diabetes, I never thought a stroke was in my future. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I'm, again, I'm like, well, I faithfully take my medication and mm -hmm. uh, I try to eat right. Not always like I should, but I go get regular checkups now and my numbers are pretty decent, you know, so I was completely caught off guard with the stroke. Chris, you are not unlike a lot of folks, and, and if I may say so, a lot of black folks and black men, if we can get specific. Mm -hmm. But if you don't know, uh, then then you're perfectly capable of just going on with your with your life and 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 not dealing with what is. And so, were there signs that were that were actually available to your wife that she saw that you perhaps saw but weren't willing to admit to when it came to diabetes? No, I think that it was more of, I don't know what's wrong with me, period. Or, I mean, I, I fully expected to go in there and the doctor say, okay, just lose some weight. Mm -hmm. So I was shocked when he told me 
type two diabetes. Like I, it never crossed my mind, but that's what I'm saying. People are walking around with this and not even knowing, but that's why I said people don't want to go to the doctor at all because I mean, the crazy thing is if you think something's wrong with your car, you don't feel safe driving it. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like, uh, what does that sound? I hear, mm -hmm. uh, I hear clicking under the hood. I, I can't, I can't take this for a long trip. But you think you you think you are in it for a long trip when your body is not right? Right. When your mind is not right, you've got to go get it checked out. You got to yeah. treat yourself at least as well as you treat your car. So that's what it was. It was like my wife said, Chris, go get a basic checkup. I got a basic checkup. And boom. Surprise. Two. Sur yeah. sur surprise. So I'm not saying I, I want any. Obviously, I don't want anybody who's listening to be surprised with that kind of news. But. If you if you do have it, you need to know. Mm -hmm. You need to know. Yeah, and and so speaking of needing to know, Chris, let's talk about this because the statistics are that Black people are suffering a greater rate from diabetes, from heart disease, and stroke. But there's a lot that can be done. There's a lot that that we can do, and that's why we're having this discussion today, and why we will continue to discuss it uh, throughout this time period. And we have the power. And, and thanks to folks like the American Heart Association, the American Diabetes Association, we have the power uh, within ourselves and our communities uh, to not only to improve our health, but to get that second chance, to get that third, you know, whatever chance it is, but to make some corrections in our lives and to move on. Um, and, and as they like to say, reclaim your health and your precious time to live the life you deserve. And that's really important. And I think you're an example of that. And we're going to talk to other people tonight, too. Absolutely, because I mean, they don't just offer your your doctor working with the American Heart Association. It's not all just about medication. It's about it's about coaching. It's about educating you on how you can get the most out of your life and live a great life, and keep your diabetes in check, mm -hmm. which will also help you to avoid all the other things that come along with type two diabetes. That that it could lead you to worse issues. Right. that. And so it's very important to get the education that they offer you. So come along in this conversation with Chris Paul and, and yours truly, Sybil Wilkes, as we get to know diabetes by heart. Uh, that is the focus today. And we will uh, start our conversation with a uh, national volunteer expert for No Diabetes by Heart. She's also an adult nurse practitioner, a certified diabetes educator, uh, as well as she's she's diabetic heavy, if I may say this. Uh, and, and I don't mean that in a physical sense, uh, but certainly uh, the owner of a diabetes clinic with her twin sister in Petersburg, Virginia. Let's welcome Kimberly Ketter. Hello, Kimberly. Hi, everyone. Hi, Sybil. Hi, Chris Paul. How are you all? We're great. Are you going to guess? Are you going to guess my sugar numbers right now? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> That's so funny. So that is funny, but what? But for people who are diabetics and their numbers, are we, are we going to talk about what numbers look like and and uh, perhaps what what diabetics should be aiming for and and that kind of thing? Or is there no really one good number? Let's start there, Kimberly. No, there are definitely numbers that we encourage our patients to look out for. So there's three sets of numbers that um, I teach my patients in clinic. One certainly is what's normal. Right. So particularly for a, a non-fasting person, someone who's not diabetic, their blood sugar should be about 100 or less. You know, if they're fasting, haven't had anything to eat, 
Um, and if they've eaten something, it really should be less than that 120 mark, that around 110, 120. Mm -hmm. Some other numbers that we discuss is something called your hemoglobin A1C. I've and heard that. Usually, I've heard the A1C. I didn't know the hemoglobin part. Okay. Yeah, uh, that's the full name. It's the hemoglobin A1C. And basically what it is, is a lab that your provider should be getting, particularly if you're diabetic, and we use it as a screening tool as well. It gives us an average of blood sugars over the last three months. So it tells us how sweet you are over mm -hmm. the last three months. So normal, if you don't have any issues with blood sugar at all, that A1C should be less than 5.7. No issues with blood sugar less than 5.7. 5.7 to 6.4 puts you in that pre-diabetes, borderline diabetes range. Mm -hmm. And then anything 6.5 or higher, you get the diagnosis. Um, but with, by saying that, I tell people all the time, you know, those numbers are not meant to scare people. They're not meant to make someone feel hopeless. You can't fight an enemy unless you know what the enemy looks like. Amen. Right? All right. So, Chris, I see you nodding your head. All of this is is registering you with of, you. All of it. All of it. And I'm just it's like I wish I knew all of this earlier in life, like when I was younger, like it's almost like you, you, I could have prevented so much of this when I was in my 20s. Like, I should have known. I mean, I've always been heavy, so I should have known in my 20s, you know, you're a candidate for this. You could get to that. Mm -hmm. And I, I just never thought about it because no one was speaking about it like, like we're speaking about it right now. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about you, Kimberly, and, and Chris, come on into the conversation as well, um, because you are a twin. I'm an identical twin, yes. And you and your sister, both nurses, right? Um, and, and you were both diagnosed with congestive heart failure. And there is a relationship between congestive heart failure and diabetes, correct? Absolutely. And with heart disease in general, what Jen, my sister and I are not diabetic, fortunately, but and they really don't know what caused our heart failure. You know, they're not sure. But there are a number of factors that can cause that hypertension can cause it. And again, diabetes is a big piece of that as well. What generally happens and what we try and bring home to a lot of our patients is that those things are interconnected. If you have diabetes, it affects the small blood vessels of the body. It's what we call a microvascular disease. Mm -hmm. And diabetes, I, I tell my patients, it's like sugar water or chiral syrup, like running mm. through your veins. And it destroys the inside of the blood vessels. And if it destroys the inside of those teeny weeny blood vessels, think about where they are. Right. The smallest blood vessels are in your heart. They're in your brain. They're in your kidneys. They're behind your eyes. So all of these things that are affected by That's diabetes. Right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And heart failure is just one of those things, mm -hmm. you know, because if we if it affects the small blood vessels of the heart, that heart can't get enough oxygen. It overworks. The heart gets weaker. And then here we go into heart failure mm -hmm. or even a heart attack, which can cause heart failure as well. Wow. Chris, does this sound, does this ring with you in terms of your knowledge of this? Yeah, but it's all frightening to hear. To hear <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I, I'm already, I've already been diagnosed and I'm already on medication and everything and she's scaring me. <laughs> well, that's not because knowledge is power, right, right Kimberly? Right, right. And, and, and so we don't want to scare people, but we do want, as, as we like to say on our show, um, it's Sybil, by the way, um, we do want to inform and empower and so That's by right. giving people this information, we are empowering people and, and putting them on the right track 
towards wellness. Absolutely. That's exactly right. It's a big misconception, even from a diabetes educator standpoint. And some providers, unfortunately, they they're not getting the information. Patients aren't getting the information for a number of reasons. And one of the reasons is because and even speaking with some of my colleagues, they don't think the patients are interested in learning the details or they don't think that they would be interested in learning, you know, really the ins and outs. I said, but that's not true. You know, what I found is that you have to adjust a little bit for some patients, depending on the population. You speak their language. Mm-hmm. You know, you speak as part of as a member of the village, you mm-hmm. know, just like we're having this conversation. This is how I speak to my patients. I'm like, look, leave <laughs> Pepsi alone back up a little bit. Let's just make some adjustments, you know, and you talk like you're talking to a family member. It's important. Yeah. Um, Kimberly Netter is our, our guest here and we are talking about uh, diabetes. This is no diabetes by heart. And uh, Kimberly, you own a diabetes clinic. And so you mentioned something about the different levels, right? And you mentioned about pre-diabetes as, mm-hmm. as, as opposed to, I, I guess we call it full blown diabetes. Mm-hmm, right. And so uh, when we go to the doctor and perhaps Chris might've known this, if he had gone a little bit earlier um, in terms of, uh, sorry, Chris, but in terms of being pre-diabetic, what does that mean? And, and can we avoid all of this by taking some steps? Absolutely. We can definitely avoid that. When someone gets the definition of pre-diabetes, I, me personally, I, I go full throttle when I hear my patients are pre-diabetic. To me, it's like being a little pregnant. Mm-hmm. You either are pregnant or you're not pregnant. Right. <laughs> in between, because when we say pre-diabetes or borderline, a lot of patients have a tendency not to take it seriously. Mm-hmm. When in fact, that's the exact time where we really need to get on it. It doesn't have to move to full-blown diabetes if we make the adjustments right then. So good diet and exercise, lower the carbs, get off the sofa, get some weight loss, you know, just eat more things from the ground and from the vines and from the trees, right? Mm -hmm. Things that are going to be healthy. We want to eat life, right? Mm -hmm. So those are some things that we really try and get on our patients about earlier on and not wait until it gets full throttle. But unfortunately, it's having a conversation with your provider too, right? uh, where if you know that you're pre-diabetic, well, what does that mean? And what can I do not to go over here? You know, so those, those are some of the conversations. They're tough conversations sometimes though. Um, some of our patients, we speak to a, um, uh, sometimes folks that go to church and things like that, you hear different things. I'm not claiming that, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm not claiming diabetes. I'm not, I'm just going to do what I do. I said, but you know, you know, like I said, in order to fight the enemy, you got to look the enemy in the face, you know, you know, words without works is dead. You mm-hmm. got to do something. And I think that's what, you know, our God wants us to do too. So. Amen, um, sister. <laughs> that's how I bring it to my patients. It's very true. You know, yeah. you have to speak the language, but understand where they're coming from. They're afraid because just like Chris Paul said, there's just so much information out here. It can be overwhelming mm-hmm. and scary at the same time. But to what you're saying, I believe it was Anthony Anderson of the hit TV show Blackish, who we, I mean, it's been so long now, we may have forgotten he used to be heavy. Right. Mm-hmm. But he, he was diagnosed as pre diabetic. Mm-hmm. And that's when he ta- turned everything around and all of a sudden shed all that weight. And then he fell off the pre diabetic category. 
Yeah, that's important with especially with type two diabetes, because type two diabetes, it has this component called insulin resistance. And what it says is that the more fat that you have on your frame, your insulin that your body is able to produce can't work the way it's supposed to. Mm -hmm. So you're having to inject insulin and do some other things and you get into this cycle that's hard to break. So, yeah, yeah. Losing the weight is, is vital. We're talking about no diabetes by heart, and Chris Paul is joining me. I'm Sybil Wilkson, and, and we're talking to uh, Kimberly. And Kimberly, um, in terms of the conversation you're having, uh, let's talk uh, in terms of black folks versus white folks. I don't want to set up a, a contest here, but we know that uh, black people are twice as likely to get diabetes uh, as, as white people, right? That's very true. And there are a lot of reasons why that happens. Um, a few things um, follow the line of social determinants of health. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's just where we're living as groups. You know, where's the nearest grocery store? You know, the area in Petersburg where I have my clinic, there's not a grocery store for several miles. Mm. So it's a food desert, mm -hmm. you know, but there's junk at the corner store. There's an, uh, a liquor store on the corner. We're like, really? And that pocket is where the rates of diabetes are highest. Mm. So there are a lot of social things that come into play with that. But a lot of it, you know, honestly, we, we do it to ourselves too. Right. We know Pepsi's not the best to be drinking. We need to be drinking some water. You mm -hmm. know, we know that our portions are larger. We do a lot of fast food. We do a lot of things like that. And I think we're disproportionately affected with diabetes and heart disease uh, more than our, our Caucasian counterparts for those reasons and just where we're living and social determinants and our makeups usually too. They, diabetes and heart disease run heavy in families. Yeah. You yeah. know, so it's important to know family history and stuff along with that as well. Did grandma have it? Did daddy have it? You know, it's and Chris, let me ask you this. Uh, and, and Kimberly, uh, join me in this because uh, was there a family history for you, Chris? My mother, she had diabetes mm -hmm. later in life. She was diagnosed with diabetes. But I'm, I'm listening to everything you're saying right now, Kimberly. And I'm, I'm you're talking. And in my mind, I'm thinking about like when I first started in radio in 1993, Mm. Every during the morning show with Donnie Simpson here in Washington, D.C., I would stop mm. at 7-Eleven every day mm -hmm. on my way to work. I'd get a large coffee with 20 packets of sugar. <laughs> oh, my God. And cream. So you had sugar with your coffee. 20, I mean, it, 20, oh packets, 20 packets is what it took to get or it right for me. coffee with your sugar, yeah. Right. But after I was diagnosed, I've been drinking nothing but black coffee ever since. I mean, I don't do the sweet drinks from Starbucks or anything anymore. Everything is black coffee. But it's so crazy. You're talking about Pepsi. I was never a Pepsi guy. But 20 packets of sugar was, my, was my daily routine. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. And that, that's crazy. And like you said, with your mom, you know, especially that close in your family, you know, you have to expect that genetics plays a part in that. But again, I tell my patients too, I said, just because you draw that card doesn't mean it has to be so. I liken it to playing spades with somebody, mm. you know, somebody, a patient came into my office and was like, I don't know what's going on. I just drew the, drew the bad straw, drew the short straw. I said, no, you're looking at it wrong. I said, do you play spades? They said, yeah, I play spades. I know how to play spades. I said, well, do this. I said, if you get a hand and you got one ace, you got one spade in your whole hand, the rest mm. of it is bleeding red. I said, what you going to do? 
oh, Miss Kim, I'm going to play the heck out of that. I'm going to turn release <laughs> one book. I said, that's all I'm saying. Just because you drew the card, perhaps genetically, of diabetes and heart disease, it doesn't mean that you lose the game and you throw in your hand. You play the heck out that hand and do the best you can with it, along with help with you know from your providers and things like that. Throwing in is not an option. It's not your towel to throw in. Mm-hmm. And and that possible can go a long way. <laughs> yeah, I know that's right. Well, <laughs> my, my, possible. <laughs> my mom put 30 packets of sugar in her car. <laughs> oh, so look at you reducing so, it. Yes. That's, that's hereditary. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, that, that, it, that's crazy. Yeah. I know. I know. Um, And and there's so much we can do. And especially when we look at our family relationships and and their medical histories and things like that. And, uh, and, 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 and it's never too late to investigate that, is it? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know, a lot of people think once they have the diagnosis, well, that's it. You know, it's not, I just got to deal with it. We can turn a lot of this stuff around. You know, we have some patients, I have one patient in particular, he big guy, you know, 300 and some pounds, really tall on two different types of insulin, plus two different pills and blood pressure medicine. And he just, with with our coaching and working with us for a year, he turned everything around. He lost all the weight. He takes no medicine now, nothing. Wow. And his his diabetes is looks like he doesn't have it. He has an A1C of like five, two or something like that. So it absolutely can happen. You just got to put in the work. So let me ask you this. For somebody who's had diabetes for 15 years, can you go to that where you don't have to take medication? Yes, ma'am. You, and, and you yes, can change your lifestyle yes. um, that you don't, that you have the levels of a person, a non-diabetic. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, you know, everybody's very different. You know, that's why our clinic is um, we take a holistic approach because there's no cookie cutter for Mm -hmm. it. You know, we can't take a cookie cutter and expect everyone to be the same. Um, But for a lot of our cases, yeah, you know, we're like, look, if you just do what we're asking you to do and just hang in there with us, we're going to make sure you get it. And a lot of our patients do. They really do improve. And some might not be able to come off all medicines, but they can go from taking, you know, four shots of insulin and three pills to just taking one pill, you know, once a day or something like that. Yes. Yes, indeed. That's powerful. That's yeah. and, and that's uh, that makes you feel so good that the possibilities exist. Uh, Kimberly Ketter is our guest here as we're talking about no diabetes by heart. And um, this is a part of our uh, from Hahas to Ahas to Ahas to Ahas uh, podcast. And, and Chris Paul is our, our co-host here today and uh, no diabetes by heart. And we want to introduce someone else who uh, is a part of this uh, podcast that is brought to you by the American Heart Association in partnership with the American Diabetes Association. And so let's now welcome Anthony Wilson. Anthony is from Virginia Beach, Virginia. Uh, he is a no diabetes by heart ambassador living with type two diabetes. So we got the, the we got the diabetes, type two diabetes brothers here uh, on the show. And uh, you have a very inspirational story uh, to others about managing your condition and preventing heart disease and other uh, life-threatening complications like chronic kidney disease. And you are a man of medicine. Anthony Wilson is an EMT. So welcome, Anthony P. Wee Wilson. Uh, We appreciate having you with us today and, and, and hearing more about your story. Hey, Sybil. Hey, Chris. And hey, Kim, how you doing? Hey, hey. What? So I'll, real quick, I'll give you an input real quick about my Please. story. So I was diagnosed in 2012, type 2 diabetes. 
for me, I went to the doctor every year and had a physical. And, you know, for some reason, I just wasn't feeling well. I was losing a lot of weight. And my wife said, babe, you know, you just don't look good. You need to go to the hospital. And kind of like Chris said, you know, I'm a man. I'm like, I don't need to go to the hospital. I'm good. I'll be okay. She said, no, honestly, you really need to go. Went to the hospital. Um, remember emergency room visit for like just vaguely. Mm. And I get a little emotional about this, but um, my A1C was 17.2. And my blood sugar was 1098. Wow. I was in multi-system failure, kidney failure, pancreas failure, everything you can think of. And the doctor told my wife, she said, look, had you went to work that morning when you got home, I'd have been dead in the bed when she got home. Wow. wow. I spent a week in the hospital, um, went home on insulin. But as we all talked about, you can live with it and you can fight it. And I was determined to come off of insulin. This happened in October of 2012. And by Thanksgiving of 2012, I was off insulin and just on pills. So you can do it if you focus, like we talked about earlier, mm -hmm. and say, I'm going to beat this. And, you know, I may have to cut back on the sweet tea because that was my favorite. <laughs> I had to have my sweet tea. You're a man of the South. I understand. <laughs> but again, you know, it's it's... It's a beatable disease. And again, you can live with it, you know, with the support of your, your doctors and your family. Anthony, you uh, are an amazing success story in talking about this. Uh, and you you had the symptoms as your wife was telling you, you know, you, you need to go and and, you know, but for the, the grace of God, you went in and and uh, and lived to tell your story. But you also you also talk about the fact that we've got to talk about it and be about it, and and that involves your best friend too, right? Yeah, uh, I visited my best friend in the hospital a few months ago. You know, we were just talking and hanging out, and the nurse came in and she said, uh, "I need to check your your blood sugar," and I had kind of like a dumb look on my face like check your blood sugar so she checked his blood sugar and uh she said oh i need to give you some insulin it's time and i looked at my wife and she looked at me and i'm like i've known this person for probably 40 years i've been diagnosed since 2012 i've been living the mission you know being an ambassador for the american diabetes association american heart association and he never said anything to me about it and I don't know if, again, if he was just ashamed, you know, because he didn't want anybody to know. And I think that's the, the issue that we run into, mm -hmm. you know, especially in the African-American community. We don't talk about it. We don't. You know, and for me, when I was diagnosed, I was telling everybody, look, you need to get tested. You know, <laughs> you know right. this is my situation. You know, what are you afraid of? And I do quite often still hear from some of my family members. Yeah, I just I don't want anybody to know. You know, so you have to share that message. That's really interesting to me. So, Chris, I'm going to ask you, and Kimberly, I also want your input on this. Is this a guy thing? Is this something you, you know, you you talk box scores, you talk last night's football game, but you don't talk about your health-related matters? Here's a man, you know, his best friend, and he didn't know. Chris, is that something well, you recognize? Well, for me personally, yeah. When I was diagnosed, I wasn't telling anybody about it. It was just, I mean, I'm just a private person to start with. Right. Know? 
But then when I had my stroke three years ago, I said, you know what? I can't hide that from anybody now. (laughs) (laughs) I think they're going to find out I had a stroke. (laughs) So I might as well confess to everything. And it it feels great. Like when I was asked to come on this special podcast today, I was like, absolutely. Like, I I don't care who knows it. I want to help somebody. Yeah. And I, I guess that's true with other with other health challenges as well. But Kimberly, are you finding this in in your diabetes clinic, uh, both in your work with uh, the American Heart Association uh, as well, that the, the conversation needs to be had between people who are going through the same thing? It is insane. And I think I really I really think and I really know that women are just different beings than guys. <laughs> guys will just go and we see it in our patients all the time. And, you know, because they're built to be providers and all, you know, so nothing can be wrong. I, I got this. And even my own husband, my husband um, has atrial fibrillation. And when he was first diagnosed, trying to get him to the hospital was a was <laughs> was a battle. I had to fight and to go. But we see that all the time, too. But what we try and encourage our patients to do, you know, each one teach one. You know, I said, it's it's not a death sentence. I said, just think of it as your this is this is your ministry. It's ministry for us. You know, mm-hmm. it's more than just showing up in a clinic and writing prescriptions. It's ministry. I said, but if we're supposed to heal the village, we're all members of the village and education and knowledge is power. And it doesn't always come from an educator or it comes from your peers, you know, and your peers are the ones that hear it better, you know, because they speak the language. They know you best. They speak to your heart. But we see that all the time. I have a patient, younger patient, young guy who's who's type one diabetic, actually. And we needed to start him on an insulin pump with what we call a CGM or a continuous glucose monitor. But they, st- you know, those things that stick on your arm or mm-hmm. stick on your belly. And he didn't want it initially because he said, I don't want my friends to know that, you know, I want to look weak. You know, and that's exactly how he's saying. I'm not trying to look weak in front of my boys. You know, they'll right. know if I have this on that something's wrong. So in those cases, we work around the patient. So we switch types. So he doesn't have the type that's here. I said, well, let's get you one that puts you put on your belly. You can wear your, your tank tops or whatever. Nobody ever has to know. Mm-hmm. And to this day, he's doing much better. So we have to teach that, but we also have to make adjustments and, and meet the patients where they are, yeah. where they're at. Everybody's in different places. Yeah. Uh, Anthony, did you find that uh, people were trying to meet you where you are and, and, and in order to get you on the right track? Yeah. You know, for me, I think the, the key was, you know, the, the family participation, you know, in my health um, and even with, with family members now that I share the message of, you know, the diabetes and, you know, I think that the struggle is, I think people are afraid to come to you, be honest mm-hmm. with you. Um, mm-hmm. And again, it's, it's in all the community, but some of it's just a difficult time getting to you or, you know, receiving information. So I'll go to them. You know, if you call me up and say, hey, uh, you know, this is going on with me and, and I really don't know. Can you can you swing by and just holler at me? And I'm like, most definite. Mm-hmm. Um, because, again, I want to go where they are. Mm-hmm. And if I don't do it, who's going to do it? And if yeah. I'm able to make a difference in someone's life, then I'll do that. Yeah, you're doing it. Uh, and I want you to do one more thing for me, Anthony P. Wee Wilson. I want <laughs> you to flex a little bit because I understand as a part of your progress, you've lost a lot of weight. Can you tell us about your story and what it's done for you? 
So again, you know, I seek some, some medical attention to put me on a strict regimen of calories and what I should and shouldn't eat. And I heard Kim talk about weight early and Chris as well. So I weighed 321 pounds, just keeping it real. And now and, I'm down and to how two. how tall are you? Just to get six an three. idea. 6'3", okay. three, okay. 321. And now so I'm your linebacker stature. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, exactly. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, I was, I was focused on being healthy more than anything else, because my goal was to be around one day for my kids and my grandkids and, you know, for my wife and kids now. Um, so I, you know, I told my wife, I said, look, I gotta do something. So he went on, he went on, uh, this weight loss journey. I'm down to 221 pounds. Um, wow. I saw my endocrinologist probably about a month ago and my A1C was 4.9. My fasting blood sugar was 87. Um, cholesterol levels are normal. And my wife jokes me all the time. Cause she says, look, you got a triple threat. I got high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and diabetes, along with heart disease, because I had a pacemaker in, implanted in 2019. Okay. So for me, you know, again, I'm a flex a little bit, like you said, because I, I feel good because I do things I took for granted, like mm -hmm. cutting the grass, something so simple. You know, I would get someone to do it for me because I just felt fatigued and just didn't want to do anything. Now I'm cutting grass. We out working out. You know, we eating healthy. You know, we're, we're on vacations together. Just you take the weight for granted. And just again, you don't have to lose 100 pounds. You can lose 50 pounds. Because when I lost 50 pounds, I saw a big difference as well. Mm -hmm. But you just need the encouragement, you know, and the support of your family and friends. And like I said, a good medical professional that can hold you accountable, you know, for losing this weight. Kimberly, I see you. You're nodding and nodding and nodding, and he's preaching to the choir. But I do want you to talk a little bit about uh, making these changes in a, in our health and and in the our way of living and 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 uh, eating and and mm -hmm. exercising and doing things like that at your clinic and in, and in your day to day. You're talking to people about implementing these changes and it doesn't have to be full throttle, but it mm -hmm. can be in a in a piecemeal fashion. But definitely showing some progress, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And we tell our patients too, you know, this didn't happen overnight. So our expectation is that we're not going to fix this overnight. It's, it's a journey. We got to take the walk. But a few things that we tell them for sure, we, we encourage all of our patients to keep meal journals. Hmm. So we said, get you a journal book, go to the dollar store and get you a spiral notebook and everything you eat and drink, what you had, what time you had it and about how much you had and mm -hmm. write it down. And what that helps us to do as providers along with checking blood sugars, we look at those side by side. So if we notice that your number, for example, after dinner was 270, my first question is going to be, did you take your insulin? If you're on insulin or did you take your medicine? And my other question is going to be, what in the world happened? Now, I don't remember what I had to eat yesterday, <laughs> but if you write it down, we can look at those side by side and make corrections there. Because again, remember I said, there's no cookie cutter. We don't teach it that way because, you know, if you, I can print something off the internet and give it to my patients, say here, follow this. Well, what if you don't like it? <laughs> you don't like it. I don't like Brussels sprouts. I hate them. You know, so if that's on a diet, I'm not eating that. So we try and find out about our patient. What is their diet like? And we make adjustments with that. Switch that white bread out to some whole grain or use pita. You know, where your vegetables at? You know, fresh is best. 
frozen next, canned is last. Mm -hmm. You know, we said do those things. You know, if you got to do canned, rinse them off. Get rid of the extra salt that leads to heart, uh, heart disease and hypertension and things like that. Exercise 30 minutes most days of the week. 30 minutes. Go mm -hmm. for a walk. You know, it doesn't have to be aerobics. You don't have to get a gym membership. So those small changes, you'll start to see um, changes in the bodies. And usually once they start seeing those changes, they're like, man, I lost 10 pounds. And this, you know, how they say it's on and popping then. You know? <laughs> they say, oh, I can do this. I can do this. So just things like that. And just being their coach and just being there for them. Yeah. One, one thing that I see that Anthony and I have in common is that both of us were directed to seek medical attention from a loved one. You know, and I'm sure you live with your mm. spouse or your or your family members. And I'm going to want to ask Kimberly, what what kind of behaviors or physical things should they be looking for? So it doesn't get to be as drastic as it was for Anthony. Like what, what should you be looking for from your loved ones? That's a great question. So on the diabetes side, um, I call it the three P's. So it's polydipsia, poly uh, poly polydipsia, polyphagia, and polyuria. So I'm poly confused by all those terms. <laughs> so basically what it boils down to, you're urinating a lot, especially at night, and your urine is really pale yellow, just going, 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 going. You're thirsty. You just can't get enough to drink, just thirsty, thirsty, thirsty. And you're hungry all the time. No matter how much you eat, you can't get satisfied. So those are like the three major things. And the weight loss that he mentioned too, that's actually on the red alarm end. When mm. patients come to me and they're diabetic and they've lost a lot of weight and they'll say, oh, I haven't even been trying to lose the weight and I dropped 50 pounds. Mm. That worries me because what's happening is your body's in backup mode trying to keep you alive until you figure it out. Oh, wow. Because what's happening is the, the cells need sugar and the cell doors are locked. They can't get the sugar that's in the bloodstream. Insulin is the key that unlocks the cells. So if those cells are locked, the cells think they're starving. So it's forcing you to eat, 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 eat. And when that doesn't work, your brain is like, you know what? We're going to die if we don't fix this. So we clearly can't get the sugar. Burn fat, burn fat, burn a lot of it, burn it, burn it, burn it. And you drop all the fat. But the problem with that is, is that if you burn a lot of fat at one time, you get this poison in your body called ketones. And that's what kills them. You know, it can get you to be really, really sick it's, and you get in this ketotic state. And then um, that's usually what drives people to the hospital, unfortunately, but it's so far gone. But if they can touch fa fatigue and the urination and the eating too much and that kind of stuff before, coupled with family history, catch that stuff early. Have them do an A1C, have someone stick your finger. It just doesn't have to get so bad. I want to uh, just remind people that you're listening to our podcast from Hahas to Ahas, and and normally I'm I'm here with Stephen Hill, and, and we're talking about no diabetes by heart, uh, and with some wonderful guests. Chris Paul is my co-host here, and he's living with diabetes, and uh, I've made some new friends during this conversation with uh, Kimberly Ketter as well as Anthony Wilson, and so um, as we are talking about no diabetes by heart, I just want to um, talk about 
uh, a couple of things with you two and and um, the best piece of advice you you've given us a lot of information here um, if, if there's one thing that you want to leave with people and that best piece of advice um, let's talk to you Kimberly um, Anthony let's talk about talk to, talk to you Anthony because uh, you come at it from a different perspective than Kimberly does of course and and a lot of yours appears to be having to do with your family and friends and your work with your community so what's the best piece of advice you want to leave with people you know again you can live with diabetes more than anything else you know with some healthy lifestyle changes um working together as a family staying positive Mm -hmm. um, staying in prayer more than anything else you can beat it you know I, i find that there's a lot of opportunities for being educated on diabetes. Speaking of no diabetes by heart, again, with the collaboration with the American Heart Association and ADA, it's a great opportunity to learn. You know, and again, a lot of people take for granted that, yeah, if I'm diagnosed with type two diabetes and I'm taking care of myself, you know, like I said, the heart disease and the stroke, um, the kidney disease that a lot of people take for granted and they don't even know what kidney disease is. And that runs heavily in my family. You know, so if you if you have questions, just ask. Find a great doctor, you know, nurse practitioner like Kimberly, because if she was in Virginia Beach where I live, mm-hmm. I would be seeing her because <laughs> you know she she's keeping it real, you know, and she comes at it at a perspective that you know people feel comfortable, you know, with having a conversation. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not cookie cutter; it works different for everybody. So find a great you know physician ask questions and just know that, you know, you have a support system. Even if you don't have family and friends, you can reach out to, you know, staff, you know, and they'll point you in the right direction. So just stay positive, stay prayed up and you can beat this disease. And speaking of positivity, uh, Kimberly, let's talk to you, Kimberly Ketter, and uh, your your piece of advice, because you give, I feel empowered <laughs> just from, from listening to you uh, during this podcast. And so let's talk about that one piece of advice, that one thing you want to leave with people. The one thing that I would leave with folks is just to get the information and don't be afraid to ask the questions. You know your body better than anybody. Don't take no for an answer. If you're not getting the answers that you seek from a a one professional, then you fire them and you find someone who will listen. Mm -hmm. You've got one you, you've only got one. And we've been charged with this one great body of flesh with a soul in the middle. Mm -hmm. And we're in charge of that until God says otherwise. So we need to make sure that we upkeep, that the pipes are working well, that it's free of clutter, and that everything is in functioning order. And that includes the electricity of the of the body, which is the heart, right? Mm-hmm. Make sure that it's functioning and make sure that the pipes are working well and they're clean of clutter. Those are your arteries and things and make sure it's not a bunch of junk in there like sugar. So we're mm-hmm. controlling that. So find someone who will listen and that you're comfortable with. We approach things from a holistic aspect. Sure. You know, you can't, you can't treat the body and not understand that there's a soul in there that needs you. And sometimes with a lot of patients with these chronic diseases like heart failure and heart attacks and things like that, diabetes, there's there's so much more to it. Mm-hmm. You no, know, why aren't you why are you so non-compliant? Well, 
I, they can't afford it. You know, so until we get to the root of the problem, but we have to take the time to do it. The body goes where the mind goes. If the mind is positive and the mind is hopeful and I got this, the body's going to follow suit. It really mm -hmm. will with the right team. You know, my sister says all the time, you are the CEO of your health care. Mm. It's like a Fortune 500 company. But in order to run it well, you got to know what's going on. You in charge. You're in the center of the healthcare, And if you're not, we need to reevaluate and find somebody that will look at it that way. Well, I don't know what the name of your clinic is, but I do know that I have been in the church. We come from that angle. I mean, we have to. It's, it's a holistic approach, you know, and our patients sure. really appreciate that. So. Uh, Chris Paul, let me ask you this. And, and, and once again, Chris, I want to thank you for being a part of uh, the Know Your Diabetes podcast here from Ahas to Ahas. But um, what's the one thing that you would like to leave with people uh, at the at the conclusion of this podcast, Chris Paul? Um, I'll leave you with what I opened up with. You need to know it is not going to go away by you by you being afraid to get a diagnosis it's not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. It's it's still a matter of fact, and it's going to be worse. Mm -hmm. It's going to be worse when they finally have to come to the house and put you on an ambulance. Go and get yourself checked out. The the, the earlier you know, mm -hmm. the better off you'll be. The better you can deal with it. But black people, we've got to stop avoiding doctors. We can't be afraid of the information. It's like an old episode of Sanford and Son where he, he left all the bills in the mailbox because if, <laughs> if they're in the mailbox, then he don't have to pay them. Right, right. <laughs> I remember bill, that episode. Right, but the bill, the bill yeah. of your health is going to come due eventually. Mm -hmm. You've got to go to get a checkup and get regular checkups. Even if they say that you're all good this year, you got to go to the doctor again next year and get checked out. Yeah. That's, this is wonderful. Yeah. Uh, I do want to um, just remind people, as you have heard here with these wonderful people who uh, know where they speak, uh, the facts are the facts, as, as they say at the American Heart Association. Uh, this No Diabetes by Heart podcast is brought to you by American Heart Association in partnership with the American Diabetes Association. And, and talking facts, talking numbers, not ignoring the statistics. Uh, and, and certainly, as Kimberly has talked about, uh, Black folks being twice as likely to be affected by diabetes uh, as white people. Uh, there's also the greater rate from diabetes, uh, heart disease, in addition to diabetes, is heart disease and stroke. And uh, we are here today and, and were, as we talked about it, what can be done. And these uh, people, these wonderful guests here, uh, starting with Chris and Anthony and Kimberly, talked about the power that we have within ourselves uh, to, to take charge of our health and to make these changes, not only within ourselves, but then as, as Anthony has done uh, and as Kimberly does through her clinic, but to take this word out to your community. And to, to help people uh, in improving our health and, and claiming this uh, second chance at life. And, and knowing, as Chris said, you know, you, you, you just got to get out there and do it. Here you are. And, and <laughs> ignoring it is not going to make it go away. Uh, and so I thank you all so much uh, for this conversation. Uh, if you have more questions, please go to nodiabetesbyheart.org, nodiabetesbyheart.org if you have more questions. Um, and, and also, I uh, just want to thank you all so much for joining us here uh, on the, the, this podcast. And 
this is a, a very special edition uh, from Ha Ha's to Aha's. Uh, normally, my partner in crime is Stephen Hill. Uh, certainly, uh, he was unable to join us, as you can see that tonight or, or here. But uh, Chris Paul has uh, stepped in and uh, just done a miraculous job and, and is someone who is a part of this community. And so I want to thank you, Chris. Uh, so very thankful uh, that you were able to join us. Um, and, and Anthony, you are an inspiration. Anthony Wilson, you are you you, you are a, uh, a god <laughs> in terms of <laughs> yeah, a rock star, if you will, in terms of, you know, taking charge of this and, and going out there and spreading the word and, and the gospel of how to take care of your health. So I thank you so much for joining us and being such a fine example. Thank you, Sybil. I appreciate it. And, and Kimberly Ketter, you are uh, you. I'm telling you, I'm 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 a member of your congregation now. Uh, you have, you have uh, really helped so many people. I know in your practice, you and your twin sister. Uh, but uh, listening to you today has just been, uh, you know, it, even if diabetes is not our, our 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 situation, you have given us a lot of just good information to go forth in taking care of ourselves. And, and, and you've broken down the words and the, and the terminology and everything. So that a lot of us, uh, you know, who have no clue what you're talking about, who are just poly confused, uh, now understand and have a better understanding of that. So Kimberly, I want to thank you so very much. Oh, it is an absolute honor, Sybil. It's an honor. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. And uh, also, we want to talk about the fact that um, from our business, our What You Need to Know newsletter, uh, as well as our podcast, this is all a part of our check-in and check-up, and our health initiative is uh, underway. And thank you to all the folks at the American Heart Association. Uh, what a tremendous team we are working with, and uh, whatever else we can do uh, to keep this uh, word going out. And, um, and please stay tuned uh, to the What You Need to Know newsletter as well as our streaming show, It's Sybil, uh, as you uh, as we continue our check-in and check-up initiative, health initiative. So we thank you all so very much and uh, way to go. And you guys have tremendous heart. And I, I thank you for sharing your stories here with us. And uh, with that, we wish you good health and uh, many, many long days ahead to, to share with the world as you all are doing. So thank you so very much. And we wish you all a, a very healthy good evening.